always cost money, but, but hey, we're going to get this done with the help of the Lord. Amen. You're all standing ready here. Let's just do, go into the word of the Lord just a little bit. And y'all know I hadn't been here. I preached one time while I was away, and I normally just preach a lot more than that, but one time. And um, First Chronicles, way back in the Old Testament, First Chronicles chapter number 21. I've never preached this, but I'm going to attempt today just a little bit. Probably won't be a masterpiece. I'll be like Paul. I'll come not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I do come in power. Amen. Amen. In demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God does move, not because of me, but because of his powerful word. First Chronicles chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Y'all there? If you're there, say amen. Amen. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Verse 2. And David said, Joab, uh, to Joab and to the rulers of the people, go number Israel before Beersheba, even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And I'm going to skip on down. There's a beautiful story here, serious story here. Amen. But skip on down to verse number seven and see what God, how he felt, just in no uncertain terms, he let us know how he felt about David numbering Israel. Verse 7, and God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he smote Israel. Wow. Didn't take long for God to get on, zeroed in on this thing right here. Amen. I've read this for years, heard other people talk about it. I just never thought what the big deal is here. In fact, Chad said it last night. He said, that's just the natural thing. See, the, the enemy was gathered together against them to war. David was the king. He was, uh, he was the guy that was in place to protect his country. It's what he's trying to do. And it's the natural thing to do is to see how many fighting men do we have. You go number them across the country. It, 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 so, but but my, I'll get into this just a little bit more. But natural, just don't cut it in the spiritual. He's dealing with a God here. Hallelujah. You know, I looked up a little scripture. I couldn't, wasn't for sure. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. This is New Testament now, but the principle is still the same. Paul said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. David was a good man and a good king, but he was doing what a man does naturally. That's why we got to pray a while. That's why we got to pray through. That's why we got to move into the spiritual realm because none of this stuff makes sense to us. This is why people, you can hear testimonies, including mine, coming to a Pentecostal church for the first time and you just think people have lost it. Like these people are all crazy. You know what? They're in a different realm, a different sphere than what you are. They're not natural. They move into spiritual when you begin to connect up with God Almighty. That's what this was about. And that's where David was. He was in the carnal realm. He just did what people do naturally and it angered God. Amen. Look over at somebody and smile at them. Amen. I'll let you be seated. You don't have to say anything. Just smile. It'll say a whole lot. Hallelujah. Glory. But before I even get into this, hallelujah. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is going to be a, this is going to be a faith message. I may not be swinging off the chandeliers, running the aisles, doing all that stuff, but I'm going to try to get some faith in your spirit and in your heart because we got, we got fights and battles ahead of us. We got things to do in the spirit. But, but correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe the worst possible sin one can commit, it's not what you think. Everybody's interested. I can just kind of feel folks perk up. What is the number one, absolute, ugliest, worst sin that a person could commit? It's not lying. It's not stealing. It's not cursing. You know, it's just the ugliest thing I've ever heard of somebody just cursing. 
It just messes up everything. I want, to, I want to expand my vocabulary to the place where I can just give people a part of my mind if I choose, but do it in a nice way. I, I make the uh, suggestion to people sometimes, you need to deal with this, you need to be very firm with this, but you need to be nice. Nothing wrong with being, not being a dish rag and nothing wrong with not being a doormat for everybody that walks by. You can stand up for yourself. You're allowed to do that. But we need to use the proper language. You know, wouldn't it be horrible? You know, we're ambassadors for Christ. Wouldn't it be horrible if God sent some of, one of our, I mean, if this country would send an ambassador to a far, we're trying to impress people. We are nice people. You don't walk over us. We will fight if we have to. But you don't have somebody going to a foreign country to represent us, cursing and swearing and dressing ungodly. You don't do that. Amen. So, so we need to learn these things. But it's not, that's not the bad thing. It's ugly as it is, that's not the worst thing you can do. It's not fornication and adultery. And the men always like just kind of pull back in a, in a little shell. I'm not going to talk about that much. We all know what that means. And the world is going nuts with that. It's all okay now. So God just gonna, you think God just gonna overlook all of that as much as he talked about that in the scripture from old all the way through the New Testament, how wrong and how bad and how, and how it will mess you up and mess your family and your relationship up. You can lose respect even though the world's saying, oh, it's okay, if it feels good, do it. All of that ugly stuff, that is not the worst sin. I'm not even in my sermon yet. I'm just prefacing just a little bit here. The worst, the absolute worst thing, y'all need to listen to me right now. The absolute worst thing that you can do that is a sin, it's just simply not believing God. It's unbelief. It's doubt. It's second guessing what the Spirit's doing and somebody who is being led of the Lord is saying this is what God's doing and we get all second guess. Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. You know what? God's going to take care. I know it kind of puts you out on a limb. That's kind of gullible, a gullible situation to believe God for things. Amen. But that's where the blessing is. It's, it's called trust, and that's a level that goes beyond just faith and believing. Amen, but we can get there at another point. But if somebody's just sitting back, well, I just don't know if I, why wouldn't you believe something that's good and wonderful, amen, that will bless you and help you? It's unbelief. So I always say this, I'll say it again. Don't let nobody mess with your faith. If somebody cuts the limb off, guess what? I'll just, you know, dust myself off if I possibly can, and I'll just get out on the limb again. Amen. I'm not going to let some mess up, amen, some false teacher, some prophet that I knew one time that missed it. I'm not going to let that dictate whether I believe or whether I don't believe. I have decided, I make this statement, Sister Jan, all the time. We can look back on our lives. My wife asked me today over coffee, honey, do I ever hurt you? Do I ever feel, you ever feel like you do, I do you wrong? Like, no, baby. We can look back over our lives and we can talk about things we should have done and wish we had done it different. Everybody does that. If, if you're, I mean, if you're, you know, want to do something, you get something done. And so I don't try to do this on purpose, but I can think of all kind of mistakes. I think of times that I just, man, this is God, and it really wasn't God, it was me. <laughs> yeah. See, now I'm pretty good. You don't have too many preachers confess that. <laughs> it's because I'm human, and when you find out that I'm human, will you still trust me and believe in me and be with me? Because that's what I am. I'm a human just like you. You step out on faith and you just do what you feel like you need to do. But we look back over all that stuff and we go, oh boy, boy, did we blow it then. I mean, we should have made this decision. Financial decisions, this and that. And that. But here, let me tell you what we are though. And we've always been, and if I have anything to do, this, what we're always gonna be. We're gonna be believers. When you become a believer, it doesn't mean that you don't make any more mistakes. It doesn't mean, it certainly doesn't mean you don't go into any more battles with the enemy and with the flesh. 
It just means you just keep believing God. Oh, a promise from the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I, I need to quote it again. Amen, I got out of the hospital and I said something about it the other day. I said, I didn't really realize it. I wasn't belly aching, but I, I, was, I was under the cloud and, and it wasn't the glory cloud either. You ever just have that, uh, you know, I'm just, and I don't know if it was just part of the hospital and the antibiotics they were pumping into me and, and whatever the kind of medication it was, you know, was there about almost five days. On the fifth day, I think they let me out of there. But I was just, and then a, a, a prophet called me uh, and said, I, I, I saw an angel, amen, a healing angel, and he was hovering over you three days ago. It happened to be the day that I was in surgery. He didn't know that. That's how, that's how prophecy works. That's how the gifts of the Spirit works. God will move on somebody that you hadn't thought of, hadn't talked about to or, or anything, and they just, just God puts you on their heart, in their spirit. But the best part is this. I, I wept a little bit and thank God. You know, I choose to believe that. I have a choice. Oh, man, somebody told him. Somebody called him up. He saw it on Facebook. You know, yeah, you know, you know I, all of that pops through a human, human carnal mind. But I just choose to believe, amen, God touched him, gave him a vision of an angel hovering over me. Hallelujah. Man, I'm just kind of getting over that. I'm kind of getting over that. Amen. The next day, he just sends me a text message. Oh, you know that that angel I saw four days ago? I saw the same angel. And this time, he was hovering over the people that you are, uh, in, uh, that are under your care, I believe he said. And he began to name sicknesses, diseases, all kind of things. Amen. So, so healing is in the house. Healing is in our midst. Why? Because I choose to believe the prophet of God was hearing from God. So I'm just gonna build my house on it. Amen. And let the wind and the rain come do what he wants to do. And that's how you do this thing. In our text, King David made the mistake. I'm gonna get somebody today and I'm, not, I'm here to help, okay? And uh, I'm not here to, uh, to blast anybody, but I just believe there's a word here. It's literally jumped out at me two or three days ago and it was just kind of going about, about four days ago in my mind. I only sat down yesterday and I was, I was hindered so many different ways yesterday. It was midnight before I got done with this and it's still not a masterpiece, but you'll get the, you'll get the main thought. Amen. But David made a mistake by assessing, amen, how much power he had in the face of the enemy. We need to get that. Oh, that human carnal nature gets a hold of it. Can I do this? Can I? Let me just answer that for you right now. David, or whoever your name may be, no, you cannot. Let's just settle that right now. Because we battle, I don't know if I can, I can, Chad talked about it the other uh, day teaching, uh, the night teaching. It's just a manly thing. You know, somebody get up in your face or somebody do something to you. It's the manly part. Whether you do anything or ever say anything, in your mind, you're wondering if you could take him or not. <laughs> well, all this stuff Satan's thrown us, you cannot. See, David, but see, that's what David was doing. He was doing the natural thing. Oh, we're about to go to war. I gotta find out how much strength we have, how many swordsmen, how many, you know, that bear the weapons and, and can, can fight. We, this is a serious deal. Amen. Hallelujah. But God said to one king in a similar situation at another time, amen, he just, he, just, uh, he said, the battle is not yours. He said, the battle is mine. We, I'm, I'm going a little slow. I'm taking longer here because I want to make sure, Chad, I'm emphasizing this. Right. Amen. I, want to I want to make sure you get this part. Right. Some of you are in a battle and you think it's your battle. Some of you are assessing how much strength you're going to have and how much you got and how many weapons you got. What can we do? Let me just tell you something. It's a test for you. Amen. And you can pass this test with the help of God. He will put you through. Let me tell you, anybody that's ever done anything for God, you done been through the meat grinder and the ringer and everything else. Hey, that's part of it, all right? Just get ready, get used to that. But you're gonna win. <laughs> because if you got God on your side, 
You don't have to worry about the rest of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just gonna, it, this, this may not get any deeper than what it is right now, but we should not assess what we are, but what God is going to do through us. That's how you do that. You confess, I am weak. I do mess up. I say things wrong. They just don't come out right. Oh God, please forgive me. Amen. But, but all of this, I'm just a vessel. That God, listen, God started something. He began a work in us. And the Bible tells us that work he began, he gonna finish it. I, you know what? I choose to believe that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, ye shall, y'all need to get this. We just say this real quick sometimes. But he said, ye shall, it's before the Holy Ghost was even given. He had been crucified, came back to meet his people. Amen. But Pentecost had not happened yet. Amen. But he said, ye shall receive power. When? After that the Holy Ghost comes upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Listen, this thing's gonna break out, but it's gonna start with power in us. But we act like we don't have any power. We act like we are at the mercy of the world. We done seen some miracles. Oh, that baby, amen, Brother Jerry's tested, that's been bringing requests. He's got a neighbor, amen, that's got a little baby. We got another choice. We can decide to believe whatever, what happened to that baby? We've been, he had, he had um, Crohn's, uh, Crohn's disease, and they couldn't find out. Um, nobody in Maryland would treat him, um, so they had to go to Philadelphia. Well, to come find out, they went up to Philadelphia. No Crohn's disease. No bleeding on the inside. He's completely 100% healed, and they can't figure it out. You know why? Because we serve an almighty, powerful God that could do above and beyond anything that we can possibly ask or think. In Jesus' name. Glory. You know what? The world just keeps overlooking stuff like that. They just overlook it. No, I'm not overlooking that. I'm going to point that out because he brought that up two or three times. My neighbor's got a little baby, Crohn's disease. You know, they don't know what to do. They're not even church folks. You know what? They, they will be, though. Yeah. Hallelujah. They will be. Hallelujah. The world is in search. The world is desperately looking, amen, for something just like that, amen, like what you have, amen. But this church prayed. You prayed. You know what? I always say this. When the doctor says it, when the doctor says it, and we just get all shook. Ooh, the doctor said the doctor. We believe everything the doctor said. Let me tell you something about what the master physician, the great physician said. Great physician. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Promise to heal us by his stripes. You are healed. In our scripture text, David had the perfect opportunity here. This is what we're not seeing. We're just seeing whether we win or lose. No, 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 no. David had the perfect opportunity to demonstrate to the whole world what Israel's God could do. Now, with your little test all by yourself, you don't think nobody knows about it nor cares. You think it's just you? No, no, no. Everybody has a circle of influence. You got neighbors, friends, coworkers, old acquaintances. You got people, and they know exactly. They know about you coming to the Holy Roller Church. They know about you going to those crazy tongue-talking people, you know, that shout and run. They know. They know about that. And they also know a little bit about how people are supposed to act and live. They know what we preach, and they know what we teach. And then when, I'm not trying to put pressure on you because you got enough, you know. Uh, you know, you, gotta, you don't need a bunch of, but you do need the truth, and we just have to learn how to deal with it and, and hopefully adjust to realize, you know, what, that this thing is a test for you. And folks that are watching you, don't let them down. Sometimes sinners they know how we're supposed to act better than we do. Let's don't let them down, folks. Let's keep trusting God. Amen. But, but Satan provoked David to number Israel. 
Find out how many swordsmen we have, how many fighting men. By knowing how many warriors we have will help in our assessment of our chances of winning this battle with the Philistines. But God didn't like it. You know why? Because his faith was where he was not trusting in God. He was trusting in self. You know, that, that hits me right there. I'm just, I find myself just figuring and thinking and wondering and then ended up worrying. I don't know if we're going to do this or not. Amen. God didn't like it and he still doesn't like it. When we allow our pride to assess what we can do or what we cannot do in some cases. But Zechariah, the little prophet, amen, the little minor prophet, he says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. This is how you're gonna do it. Hey, those of you that gathered right here in the aisle and across the front, I think you might have a little better understanding than some, amen. You just pray and you weep and you repent and say, here I am, God, I don't know what to do. That's how you win the battle. Church, if God be for us, who can be against us? Can we practice what we preach? I'm doing my best to reach somebody right now. Would you hear me today? God is on you. Listen, listen, you get into church. Here's what you got. You got, you've got God, number one. That's the main thing. Not only that, he has a bride here, a church. He's got folks are in battles and just like you're in. And if they're not in one now, they've been in it before. You got people to gather around you, help you, bless you. And let me tell you this right here. Here's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy with, you know what? I've heard, I heard somebody talk about a man who was a habitual liar. They said, how do you know he's lying? He said, if his lips is moving, he's lying. That's what the devil is. And so what he's going to do is tell you that this church doesn't care, that your bishop doesn't care, your pastors don't care, nobody. Let me tell you, his lips are moving again. You know how you tell that it is, a, that it is the enemy? Because it's something negative. It's something ugly. It's something destructive. That's how you know. If it's negative about your brothers and your sisters and about church and about what God's trying to do here on earth, it's not, not of God because God's gonna say, you know what? Amen, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Amen, church is awesome. The preaching is wonderful. The people are wonderful. Everybody's good and it's gonna be all right. The devil's never gonna tell you it's gonna be all right. So he's going to put worry, he's going to put fear that stops you in your tracks and shuts you down and kills and destroys your faith. That's what the enemy does. And so we know that the enemy is doing these things. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember the book of Judges, the little story of Gideon? Remember we've all preached around it all over it? Just give you just a little pinpoint, just a little pointer or two here. When God told Gideon to go fight the Midianites, and subdue them. Do you know he started out with 32,000 men, which was way, 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 way less already than what the Midianites, the enemy, and all the rest of them had over here. Amen. But after the testing, you know God puts us to the test. That, that word keeps coming up, the test, the trial. Listen, I preach it all the time. If you expect to do anything with God, you will be tested and you will be tried throughout the scripture. This is what happens. How are you going to do in this one? And then when you get through with that one, then you'll, you'll eventually get another one. Amen. But after the testing to see who was ready to fight. Look, folks, I'm going to bring this right back down to home again. We've got souls to reach here. We've got a building to build here to hold all those souls. We've got a lot of work to do. And so we don't need you messing up. We need you to win in this thing. And I want a bunch of people winning and overcoming because we need a strong foundation here. Amen. But after the first test, I mean, well, after the two tests, amen, David was left with only 300 men. But with God, that's enough. Out of 32,000, there was only 300 that ended up qualifying. 
Gideon tells all that are fearful. I mean, he starts right off. He said, all of you that's fearful and afraid and afraid, now they're facing a battle. He said, just go home. I'd rather, Gideon understood something. You don't need to go into battle with a bunch of scared people. A bunch of fearful people. Oh, we don't know if we can. Oh, we don't. The devil's, a, you know. That's, I, I quote Brother Tenney a lot. How you doing, sir? Somebody's over here. He said, he said uh, man, the devil's been after me. And he said, don't stop. <laughs> Listen, soul, he's after you. Keep going. Don't quit. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap if you don't quit, if you don't faint. That's what that means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, guess what? When he said the fearful and afraid, 22,000 of them left. Whoa. Talk about a church, the biggest church split in history. 22,000. All he did was, if you're afraid, you know, and I felt it here. Ooh. In fact, I've had it on me before. I don't know what we're going to do. 22,000 out of that, 32,000. Fear is an indication of a lack of faith. I told you it's going to be a faith message. When you get fearful and you get scared, oh, hey, I don't know how we're going to make it. don't know how we're going to be able to pay our tithes. I don't know about the building fund. They're asking for money every service. I don't have a dollar. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds just, I heard an echo. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's how we get after a while. And we just listen to that and then we become a whiner. And, and that's what, and God hated that too. It's called murmuring. Right. All that's negative. And you can't get anything done with that. It's almost like a crybaby spirit. Look at me. You know, I just don't know. It's just all sad and all bad. Well, get glad. Because right. the world is sad. That's where they all are. You come in here, amen, to toughen up. Amen, and help the world. Amen, so, so fear is an indication of no faith or a lack of faith. But then came the water test. Those who get down on their belly and drink, they just, in other words, they just lay down to the stream or the, or the water and they just, they just suck water. He said, hey, tell them to go home. Why? Because they were not alert enough. But those who stooped down or squatted down by the water and they would scoop up water. Now the King James says lapped up water but when they took the water in their hand and they drank it like that meant they were aware of their surroundings and the area. He said you keep them, set them aside but you know what? I call the water test. You know we got a water test today. That's some folks amen even though the Bible said whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and everywhere in the New Testament where they baptize them they use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and there's still folks who won't do it they fail the water test that's too much evidence too much just straight out word not one place I'm gonna just throw this in there not out to just cross swords with anybody amen but not one place in the Bible did anybody ever get baptized and they said I baptize you in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit not one, not one place, not one, but people don't do it. No, no, we're not going to do it. Hey, you know the Methodists, we used to laugh at the Methodists, they'd take a teacup full of water and baptize 30 or 40. All it takes is little water. And it's, I want some, I want to be buried. That's what baptism means. There's some folks think ain't nothing to that. Don't worry about all that. No, it's just in the Bible over and over and over and over. Somebody said, you judging me? Nope, but I'm judging me. Somebody said, do you think I'd be lost if I don't get baptized in Jesus' name? I said, well, I'm not going to say anything about that, but you know what? I think I would be lost if I ignored this scripture and this scripture and this scripture and this scripture that keeps telling me to do that. Is it okay if I just judge myself? Hallelujah. You learn how to get around that because everybody knows judge not lest you be judged. And they all know that nobody's, nobody's perfect. They know that scripture too. But the water test, amen. L listen, listen, it, it, it ended up with 9,700, 9, you know, gone, dis disqualified. Only the ones that knelt down and scooped up water with their hands qualified to be in Gideon's army. There were only 300 men left with Gideon to go and subdue tens of thousands of the Midianites. The odds were stacked against these men. Listen, I'm gonna find us here somewhere. There was no possible way they were going to succeed. It could not happen. 
Only a fool would believe otherwise. Or, let me just throw up one other in. Only a desperate person would join that army of 300. And, and, and listen, a fool or somebody that's so passionately desperate to believe God and he can't fail. Listen, two things he can't do. Somebody said something about it, Brother Thompson, or somebody, two things, God. I used to say one thing he can't do, he can't lie, but it's two things. He cannot lie and he cannot fail. You get on God's side, get him on your side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Wasn't it the great apostle Paul that said, I am a fool for Christ? New Testament. I'm telling someone here today, in spite of what things look like, you can win this fight. I'm just prophesying it to you. Now, if you disregard that, that's fine. You can fall by the wayside, fall in the ditch, give up, cuss out everybody that looks at you crooked, you know, steal, go back to lying. You can get drunk tonight and disregard. That's okay. That's what you want to do. But if you hang on the words that's coming right out of here, you can make it. You can win. You will win. You will be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you why you can win. You can win because you are not alone in this war. Gideon and his 300 faithful men did fight and they did subdue the Midianites just like God said they could do. But you know who got the glory? It wasn't Gideon. Oh, he got his name in the, in the book. But it wasn't him. God got the glory. And when this is all said and done for you and your little skirmish and your battle with him, when it all gets done, it won't be because of your power and your wisdom and your prowess and all of that. No, no, it wouldn't be none of that. Amen. You'll have to admit and everybody else will know, you know what, there's no way they could have done it, but it must have been God. That's the way it has to be. But you see, we're so used to being in control, amen, and doing everything, and I got that done, I took care of that, and we get all that. It's not the way it's supposed to be. We're in this so God can get honored, amen. I mean, what a story, amen, amen. What a faith builder for us to see. You know, there's a place in that Bible where they, you know, they divide it up. They got, they got a, a, a trumpet in one hand. They got a pitcher, a clay pitcher, in the other hand, 100 on this side, 100 over here, and they were around about the camp of the enemy, amen, 100 on this side, and he said at the right, at the signal, at the time, amen, we're gonna break that. Now, they lit the lantern or the lamp inside of that. You couldn't see it. It was, it was a clay pitcher, amen. But the Bible said every man stood in his place. Do you know that you have a, now listen, there is a perfect will for you. There is a spot, there is a place, there is a calling in God's kingdom. No need in you drifting around and wondering what God wants you to do and I'm still looking for God. I got a, had a phone call, I missed it today. I don't answer my phone, you know, and I wish some of you do the same thing. When church, before church starts, I turn it off and set it aside. Just take this little opportunity. Amen. If your phone rings, you know what you need? You need to respect God and respect the pastor and the bishop, and you need to put that on hold. You're in church. You need to decide what's important in your life. Amen. Quit pastoring everybody around the country. Amen. And just shut all that off. They won't die. If they do, you know, just let them die. You know, just let God, let's, let's, let's focus on the, the things of God. But I, I, I got a guy that called me this morning. I just, I, the church was just about to start and I saw his name, missed call, left a message. I said, I'll check him later. He's been looking for the will of God for 40 years. Don't know where he's supposed to. I'm wondering how he passed. He does pastor a church. And amazingly, amen, it's, it's, a, it's a good church. And I'm thinking, how in the world do they put up with a guy that don't know where he is and where he's going? Just struggling for the will of the Lord. We better settle on something. We better settle. This is because there is a precise spot that God wants you to be in. I'm going to stand my ground. Hallelujah. I'm not going to preach much longer to you, all right? I hope somebody realizes 
that God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for Gideon, he'll do it for me. That's how you have to look at it. Hallelujah. Let me point out something that is of great, I feel like really, really great importance that some of us might have missed. You know what, Sister Melissa, if you come on up, I'm, 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 the end is in sight, and, uh, and it is the time is moving on here. Hallelujah. Amen. And again, uh, my, uh, I've, I've kind of shadowed this, but I, didn't, I just need to emphasize it just a little bit more. Verse 7 of our scripture text, it simply says, and God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, and I have this highlighted in my, in my notes. He was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he smote Israel. Wait a minute here. But Israel didn't do anything but obey their king. I, I, I need to look at this just a little bit closer. Amen. David is the one that did wrong again. Yet God punished Israel. Hmm. You know, in our independent society, we, we don't realize how much of that that we got. I do this like I want to, do when I want to, nobody's telling me what to do. You know, that kind of a young people. Amen. That, that that just flourishes in the in the youth because you gotta grow up, you gotta prove everybody that you're a man or I'm my own person. And, and I understand some of that. But we we gotta be careful with this in this independent atmosphere in our world today. Hallelujah. Make us aware of a couple things. We might think that we can act any kind of way we want to say anything, cuss the dog, kick the cat, and it's nobody's business but mine. Now, I'm just kind of not rush over that. Amen. Here's the part that we need to get. Now, I gave you the, I believe it's a principle here. David messed up, and God was punishing Israel. It's a little bit more pressure on us here that we don't like. Hallelujah. Here's the part we need to get. Everyone that I have any contact with will be affected by what I do or what I don't do. No, we don't like that. We don't like that. We like to be independent. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to mess. Yeah, I'm messing up. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, the sins of the fathers, the Old Testament writer said, and you touched on this too. Today, the sins of the fathers will be visited to the third and the fourth generations. In other words, it's just going to keep on going. You're going to hand it down to your kids. You're going to hand your sins now, hand it down to grandkids. And they're going to hand it down to their kids. I've often said this. I've often said this. My grandfathers, both my grandfathers were alcoholics. Back in those days, he's called drunks. My parents backslid about the time I was born. My brothers, they picked up alcohol. My family's into alcohol. I could, I could drink a little bit with some of y'all and I'd be a drunk just like they are. I'm not doing that. Brother Bernie told me though, I said, I made that same statement a while back. I said, I'm not taking a drink with you. Brother Bernie came up after church like he does and said, yeah, you take a drink with us. I said, really? He said, yeah, every year when we do communion, you take a little bit of wine with us. <laughs> I said, okay, you got me, Bernie. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he, he's, he's sharp. Now you got to watch him, you know. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, all that stuff that we're dealing with, we're not, our, we're not all by ourselves. Now, that's where the pressure comes in. God's doing that on purpose. Little pre- we need a little pressure. You don't need to just be hanging loose out there. I can go do what I want. I can do a, I can do a fork at fit like we used to call it down home, whatever that is. And nobody, you know what? That's going to affect somebody. And it's going to affect somebody that you love and somebody that loves you. You know, my wife's got a sister and uh, scares me, you know, but she's a beautiful, beautiful girl, uh, just a little bit younger than my wife. 
And uh, we see her every time we go home. She's the sweetest spirit. But she backslid and left the church. And her two boys were just little fellas. Kept them out of church. Kept them away from church. Church wasn't a big deal at all. Just, just that was just only time they got to go to church and they went to grandma's house and you know pretty much and so now they're grown men John and Jason Jason's about that tall and John's you know they they just you know big men big guys in fact John was in church with us at Rawson Creek hugged my neck and, you know just love those boys but see she eventually came back to church and she got into church and she prayed back through but see she left her boys out she pulled them out and told them it wasn't important by in so many words told them it was all right to go get drunk T- told them it was she she probably never said that to them but but her actions gave them permission to do it see she's influencing somebody now she prays and weeps for her boys that she led out so i'm i'm, I'm telling you what you do has more value than what the enemy is telling you that it does. I'll just do this and it won't be nobody's business but mine. Get rid of that independent spirit. I am connected up with good men and good saints of God that love me and love the truth. Amen. I am accountable to somebody. There's certain things that I cannot do, I will not do. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's the best way to do it. And that's the way to make progress because you are connected, interconnected. Amen. You know, your children and the people you're trying to reach will suffer from your lack of faith. That's what it all comes down to. You don't have any faith. And that's how we're saved by grace through faith. You lose your faith. Because of this revelation, amen, of of. It's not about me. <laughs> See, we do all this stuff. We let the enemy upset us. We let it sidetrack us because we think it's about us. But when we realize it's not about me, it's a bigger thing going on here. I have to do better. I, I, I must forgive. Amen. I have to keep on believing the promises of God. Hallelujah. A quote that came from someone, I don't remember who it was, but I jotted it down. I've used it a couple times. He simply said, love the people who treat you right. Forgive those who don't just because you can. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what they said to you. You have the, you have the privilege to forgive them. Why would I do that? Because Jesus said, you know, when they slap you on this cheek, turn the other cheek. I know, I'm trying to figure out how I might would do that myself. I'm preaching to all of us here. Hallelujah. Go the second mile. All of this stuff is what Jesus preached to us and his apostles and disciples preached this same thing. Some of us are in a test at this very moment. Let's all stand together trying to quit. Amen. It's this very, I mean, you're in a test today, right now. I hope you do well. Hallelujah. Not only for you, but those who are counting on you. You got to, you just, you just, uh, you got to do it. You know, uh, my wife and Sister Debbie and Sister, uh, Sister Melissa, I kind of saw her kind of raise her eyebrows when we, I think we stopped doing this, but but it, on Father's Day, you know, we have uh, somebody sing the song, you know, my dad could beat up your dad, but he wouldn't. Is that, uh, who sings that song? Ray Stevens. And people think that's just silly to me. I mean, oh, that's it, Brother J.D., that's just a silly thing. But I remember my dad. You know, I remember that I thought, you know, he's my dad, and I thought he was tougher than anybody. I thought he could just, you know, do anything. But he just wasn't the kind of... Now, on my mama's side, they were they were uh, scrappers, man. They'd just get in a fight with you in a minute, drop of a hat. In fact, they kind of liked it. <laughs> they kind of hope you would look at them crooked because, you know, they'd, they'd pile on you. But my dad's whole, all his side of the family, he just was wiser and would just work out a way. And that's why I would always have them play that song. It was kind of silly to a lot of people. My dad could beat up your dad, but he wouldn't. My dad could beat up your dad, 
but he wouldn't even try. And it went on, and it just touched my heart. Amen. To just realize there's somebody that could do a lot of things, but there are certain things they wouldn't do. Right. Oh, yeah, you're your own man. You can do whatever you want to do. But you better set yourself some guidelines because it's not just depend. We're not just, you're just not dependent on you, okay? It, that's not just it. Right. There's other folks watching you. You want to destroy your witness? Listen, when you invite somebody to church and you tell them about your church, you want it to be as effective as it possibly can be. You don't want somebody to go, yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to go to his church. Now, now, folks, it's like way, way, way worse than it, it was. That's why, guys, you got to be careful about what you put on Facebook. There's all kinds of means to get stuff. You ever just like send it? I don't, I'm not on Facebook. My wife is, and I, we drink coffee in the morning, and I find out what's going on all in the world and, you know, just, you know, friends and buddies, you know. But, but there's been times I text message people, you know, like, or email somebody, like, and I'm like, I didn't read over that before I sent that. I need to. It's gone. It, once you punch the button, it's out there. It's like unringing a bell. You can't do it. Can I call that back? Nope. Boy, was I goofy or what? Get off of the Facebook and get your face in the book. All right. Yes. Amen. That's it. Yeah. It saved you a lot of trouble because the enemy will rise up and get lead you right off into a trap and you will ruin and destroy your own witness. Hallelujah. By, the, by now you know that I'm not here today to preach a pretty sermon or tickle your ears. Amen. I want to help some of us. I'm going to do this, just touch on this. I know you're standing a little while. It's not talked about very much anymore. In fact, Wednesday night, I may get on some of this stuff. Amen. It's not popular to talk about, but the Bible uses a word that can help us. Since I got to where I am right now, then I'll just kind of at least close with this. Amen. It's a word that, you know, I, I, I think we all know what it means. It just simply is abstain. That means don't do it. <laughs> that means stay away from it. We're inclined. Let me, let me tell you what we need, to, we need to look at here. Here's another one we've messed up on. We've, we've misdiagnosed and we've misjudged it. In Christianity nowadays, we look upon a bad temper as a harmless weakness. Just say, ah, yeah, yeah. And, and we use, we use a, a pet scripture when it says, you know, be ye angry but sin not. So yeah, in other words, you can be, no, no, no. You know what? I, I, I think we, we don't look at that scripture like we're supposed to. It's, we use it as an excuse. The Bible condemns anger as one of the most destructive elements in human nature. So you allow yourself to be angry, you're going to do something goofy. You're going to say the wrong thing. If you, that's why you need to, that's just don't. And by the way, don't spank your kids when you're angry. Let's throw that one in there. <laughs> I'm not looking around at anybody. <laughs> cool off, calm down, and then deal with it. Let me just give you some scriptures here real quick. And we might deal with it, like I said, Wednesday. Ecclesiastes 7 and 9, just for some of you who feel like you have to have the scriptures. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. That's the wise man talking, and he is a way very wise. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath, and we just skip all these others. No, no, and anger and clamor and evil speaking. Well, see, evil speaking comes along with anger. That's what you do when you get mad, all right? Let it be put away from you with all malice. Malicious people hurt somebody. I'm going to get you. I'm going to, one woman said, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I said, no, no, no. You need all the little bit of mind you got, so don't give none of it away. That one little bit you got, just hold on to that. Colossians 3 and 8. I had to come out every once in a while. But now you also put off all the, this is what you put off there. Some things you're going to put off. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Anger, top of the list. Wrath, 
malice, blasphemy. You're on my case, Pastor. Now I'm just trying to help you. You didn't come ask me to help, so I'll just do it for you right now. All right? Malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Don't, don't give in to just saying whatever you feel like you can. I don't know. I'm not going to police you. That's not my job. I'm just going to preach to you. But you got to be a witness. That's what Jesus saved us for and called us to be witnesses. That's not being a good witness to our, to our community. The good news is God has made his power available to every one of us to help us with all these sins that are destroying our victory, keeping us in the ditch, keeping us fearful and worried. Listen, the power to win is in us. That's the message. It's within us right now. Amen. Amen. One of the reasons God comes down so hard against anger is there's no telling what an angry person might say. And what one says really matters. The power is in the word. A person speaks the word, lives in a dimension. If you do speak the word, you live in a dimension of power that is not attained in any other way that I know of. You get to speak in the word. That's why you need to get you a Bible study. Teach your friends. Teach your neighbor. Memorize some scriptures. Joshua 1 and 8, amen. God commands Joshua to keep the book of the law in his mouth and made it, somebody needs to say amen, amen. He said, you need to meditate on it day and night. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Listen, we ain't got time to low rate people and cut people down and hurt people if we got God's word in our mouth because it doesn't do that, amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, then, Thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Isaiah 55, it tells us that the word is bread for the hungry. Jeremiah tells us that it's fire shut up in our bones. Jeremiah 23 says it's like a hammer. It's kind of doing that today. It's coming down on us. We don't need to mess with this. Ephesians six seventeen, he calls it the sword of the spirit. The more of God's word we take in, the more powerful we become. And I'm releasing that to us right now. We are made overcomers. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. We can do this thing, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's not a one of you I want to let go. I'm not letting go. If you get away from me and get away from this church and pull out there in the world, you'll do it, amen, Amen, without my consent. Amen, I am after you. I want you to be a part of this church, part of this great revival. I want you to receive the blessing. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands to him. You're blessed. Hallelujah. I said you're blessed. You have power. You have authority. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. Let's worship him a little while. Open up, amen, receive this word from God today, amen. You're a victor, you're an overcomer, amen. You have joy that's available to you. There's blessings for you, there's help for you, amen. There's friendship with God, amen, right here in this church. Come join us, amen. Bring somebody with you, amen. And let's give him praise and worship right now. Hallelujah, glory. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
Amen. Let, let, let me help somebody just a little bit more here. Amen. Just thought of something I need to just share with you. Maybe we can't, maybe we can't handle certain situations. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to handle situations. God will help you to see it coming and you can sidestep it. You can move away. I, 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 my story is this. A pastor not too far from here, good man, love him to death, amen. He was on a building program and uh, I was looking at his church and, and just around me, two preachers talking. I said, I said, hey man, what you preaching Sunday? He said, man, he said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, I'm not getting near that pulpit Sunday. He said, man, this, this building program has been stressful and workers that's supposed to show up didn't show up. People lied to me, said it's coming, didn't do it. And he said, it's just all kind of things. He said, I'm just, I'm just not getting up there. He said, if I did, I'd say, I'd say the wrong thing. He said, my bad spirit would come out. And I said, I called him my name and I said, you're a wise man. You are a wise, he taught me, he said, you're a wise man. Get some, he said, I have somebody else preaching for me because he said, I'd do damage if I did that. That's, we, we ought to learn from that. We, if we have an opportunity not to put ourselves in a position to say or do something really crazy and ungodly, let's take that, let's make the right decision on that. Hallelujah. Get somebody else to do it. No, 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 I can't do that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I love what he said. I'm not getting near the pulpit because I'd say something wrong, but that's what's inside. I'm frustrated, I'm aggravated, and the people don't need that. They need a push every once in a while. They need encouragement. They've been fighting the devil all week. They need somebody to, you know, to challenge them or something, but, but at least be nice to them. And so, again, use that for your own blessing and help and progress. There's certain things you just say, no, no, I'm not, not doing it. Hallelujah. Love what I'm feeling. Love every single one of you. Amen. I believe the blessings of God are with you and within you. So just learn how to tap into that. And mostly it's by your speech. That's why the devil wants to take charge of your tongue. And, and one of the New Testament writers says, you can't have bitter water and sweet water coming out of the same fountain. Sinners know that. The world knows that. So clean up your mouth. Don't let negative stuff and ugly stuff, don't let it come out of that. Very clear in the scriptures. You don't do that. Why? Is it just God just trying to get a whip? No, no. It's because God knows the damage it does. He's not paying any attention. Somebody says, oh, it's just words. It sure is. It was just word that said, God, when he said, let there be, and there was. We're not God, but hey, we are, we're an image of God. We're made in his image. And so you can create things too and destroy things. And so let's start working on that. Amen. And allow God to take us what little bit of authority and little bit of power that we do have. Let him take that. Amen. And win this battle for us. Would you stop fighting? Would you stop worrying? Because what you do is you end up getting upset and you'll backslide. And all this you've done already and put into this, amen, then you... uh you know, lost it all. That's what the enemy wants, but he's not doing it. Amen. We're not letting him do it. Hallelujah. Amen. God's got us. He's holding all this up. Amen. He's our strength. He's our ever-present help in time of trouble. I'm going to trust him. Hallelujah. God bless you. Dismissed. Shake hands and be friendly. Live for God. Be a witness. In Jesus' name.